right, so level 128 is gonna be great. We're gonna do good. Hello and welcome to the Keepscape Games Podcast. This is level 128. Damsels and Dragons. Yes, we have a special edition of Geekscape Games today. Uh, we are only going to be talking about Dungeons and Dragons. I am your less temporary host, uh, Courtney Dossett, and I have brought my D&D expert friend, Rosie uh, McCarr, hey. from home. She's not actually here. I'm here. Um, Rosie, ha- <laughs> I mean, you're here, but you're not here. Yeah. Um, Rosie's made a brief appearance on one of our PAX episodes when she was staying the night with me. Yep. So she's been around. Um, Rosie, why don't you, uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and, like, what kind of gaming experience you have. (laughs) So, uh, I'm Rosie. I'm good friends with Courtney. My gaming experience is mostly tabletop games, um... I've played some video games in the past. I'm not an avid video gamer. Um, mostly, like, Final Fantasy. Lately, it's been Crash Bandicoot occasionally with my <laughs> sister. <laughs> so do you prefer yeah. playing PC games, or do you prefer playing consoles? Or, like, what consoles do you like to play on when you play? Or is that too deep? Um, I like consoles. Um, I've never really gotten the hang of PC gaming. I tried it when I was younger and I always got frustrated. I did do some uh oh god, what is the game? Shit. Diablo. I did play the first Diablo, but I never finished it. My dad got fr- got bored and finished everybody's game in the house one day. <laughs> um, Thanks, dad. <laughs> and then <clears throat> I grew up with Nintendo and the PlayStation. Okay. So I grew up with those. I didn't really play. I've never played an Xbox, so. Well, maybe um, maybe I'll have to some of my favorite PC games that you can play. See if I can recruit you and get you into the into the life a little more. I think. I mean, I looked at that terrible Jane Austen oh game the other God. day, and that looked that might bring me into gaming. So I got <laughs> Rosie and I are both book nerds on top of regular ass nerds on top of being nerd nerds, and we love Jane Austen. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so I saw an article the other day about, called Ever Jane, which is a Jane Austen based RPG. And it's by the same yeah. people that and did Second we both Second got really Life. excited for it until we looked at it. <laughs> it's so it's ugly. So bad graphics. It's so ugly. So it doesn't bad. make sense how ugly this game is. So <laughs> I don't know if no. we'll actually, like, I think we should play. I think you and I should play together. Um, we could, we'll, and we'll, yeah, okay. it'll be good. Um. But yeah. yeah, so yeah, I I was the one that got you into D and D actually, and I'm proud of that. <laughs> I was gonna say mm-hmm. Rosie's actually the one who corrupted me for once. Um, it got me addicted to something. So, um, Rosie, how did you get into D and D? So our mutual friend, um, Katie, and her uh, boyfriend Cordell was play playing D and D, and she invited me a few times but I couldn't make it and finally I made it to a session and just fell in love with it and kind of just went straight head first and didn't look back. <laughs> so when you are you, were you like me but, like I you got me for one session and I think 
the next weekend that we played, I had mm-hmm. two or three sets of dice, a book, um, <clears throat> like everything that you could possibly like. I had a lot of shit. I went, I went hard. <laughs> I think I actually went to my first session with the book. Oh, okay. So you were prepared. Um, maybe. No, no, I had to borrow. I don't remember. I know I went out and bought my first set of dice and my book before that first session, I'm pretty sure. And it kind of just snowballed. I found more dice and more dice. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're so pretty. (laughs) Well, how many sets of dice do you guys, do you have? Like, because I I know that both are collector, like we both like Um, shiny things. We both, like, find that little thing and we're just like, yes, give me more of that. So, like, and why Why do you think, like, D&D <laughs> players can eat dice? I mean, because <clears throat> you do get bad sets of dice. Like, they're molded wrong and they don't roll correctly or they always hit a certain number or a certain few numbers. So you have to get another set <laughs> to replace that. I think I've got, like, nine or ten. And you've been playing for how long? Yeah. Um, Too long? <laughs> three years. So really you're slacking. Years. Yeah, I am. <laughs> um, and most of, my, a few, most of my sets I've gotten from a friend in Minnesota. So I didn't actually so, buy them. So when you said, like, <laughs> dice roll bad, I, I personally, from most of the dice that I buy, because I tend to buy from Chessex. Um, they're, they're one of my favorite brands. Yeah. Uh, I've had really good consistency when I do rolls with them. Um, do you really think that it's that they're, they're actually rolling bad or do you just think that it's like in that moment, like, oh shit, like that was a bad roll. It's the dice's fault, not chance. No, I do think there are some dice that do roll badly sometimes with how they're, um, molded. Like, I don't know. It's... Because my first set of dice is that I bought, I want to throw away, but it's my first set. So it's hard to let go. Because it rolls terribly. Every time I've used them, I've gotten shitty rolls. Is it just bad juju, do you think? No. No? You think it's actually the dice? Yeah. I don't really... I don't believe in the bad juju stuff. I don't... I just see, think, I think it it's just... Crap <laughs> see, I believe in bad dice. I think the dice are fine. I think it's a lot of the time for mm-hmm. me, it's just my perception of how they're doing. So I just feel like the dice are rolling poorly or I feel like I'm not rolling as well as I should. Um, because you and I also play together in some campaigns on Roll20. Yeah. And I, I same way about the dice in Roll20, which are purely mathematical. Mm-hmm. So there's no way for your dice to, to be cast wrong. The algorithm can't be fucked. I mean, it could be, but it's not. Um, we just want it to be... <laughs> Sometimes changing the color of those helps. <laughs> I think that's all in your head. It's just like when you change dice. I think it's the same kind of thing. Um, I personally like to have different dice because I like um, I like being able to like designate them to different things. So like I like to have if I'm mm-hmm. have like a a breath weapon. If I'm playing a, a dragonborn and I have like lightning, I like to to be a different color than my sword. To be a different color than like a spell I have. Just because I'm a fucking have to be that way. I think it's more fun. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't have that. It's just whatever I can grab right away. I actually have fewer dice than you, I think. I just pulled out my dice box and I'm looking through it and I pulled out... Mm-hmm. I think I have fewer dice than you, which means I need to go shopping. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I don't know. I t- I t- and I tend to go for like the sparkly dice too. Um, yeah. obviously because sparkles. Um, are way more <laughs> fun. Um, so if if you were going to give advice to somebody who is new to D and D and wanted to get involved in a group or like get started, what would you think? Say are like the minimum, like the minimum that they would need to start. Like if I if I wanted to go find a group tomorrow and I was brand new. Um, I'd start with uh, checking out Reddit because the D and D Reddit can actually be they're pretty helpful and nice over there with some of your basic questions. Um, and sometimes you can find groups on Facebook. Like, Alaska has its own uh, uh, D&D yeah, Facebook group. Alaska D&D Club. That I'm part of. It. Yeah, and it's actually been super helpful. Um, another good Facebook group to join, if you're interested, um, is, I think it's just Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition is a group on Facebook. Um they're just, and that's the mm-hmm. the edition I think that you tend to play the most. I don't think we've played any anything else. There are yeah. so many different versions of D anD D that you can play. Um, the different rule sets that you can start with. I think fifth has become the standard most places now. Um, yeah. Well, it's the newest edition right now. So, and it's the edition that got a lot of people mm-hmm. into D anD D. It's the edition I came in on. Um, I actually came in right after they released fifth edition. <laughs> Um, and I didn't realize that until later. Uh, but my my sister, she was actually telling me about D&D, so I knew about it before I started playing. And she learned with third and edition. And that one's kind of bro- broken. Isn't that the broken edition, or is it 3.5 that was broken? Where it was, like, just really unbalanced. Because I know that one of the... Edi- uh, I'm not sure. No, I was just going to say, I know, I know that if- one of the editions says Go that, ahead. like, it's... I mean, I've never played it, obviously, but I've heard from other people that it was too too combat heavy and like it wasn't really fair to players it gave a lot of advantage to to games so it was harder for players to to do well if i remember correctly but i, I like i said i haven't really played i've listened to one oh, okay D live play where they did 3.5 until 5 came out oh so, um but what did your sister say because she started in third yeah she um it was a lot more um I don't even remember what she said. I thought she said it was a lot more stats based and a lot more math involved than five. So that sounds right. I'm I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I think five gives play you, that one. I think five gives you more options for role playing, um, yeah. which is kind of D and D that I think people make fun of the most. <laughs> is mm-hmm. um, but I also think that's one of the parts that's the most fun. So you can in in fifth edition it gives you more of a chance to. Um, like, play out your character and gain experience for things that aren't, aren't combat-driven. So you're not just being what we call, like, a murder hobo where you go in and you play things so you can get XP, so you can level up faster, so you can be bigger and better. Like, you can also get experience yeah. for being diplomatic or positively interacting with your groupmates. Um, although a lot of that does depend on the DM that you have and what kind of DM you have, I think. Yeah, and that can make a big difference on how your DM is going to go and where... <clears throat> Where your um, character is going to go. Because if you have a DM that's really into um, the character-driven story, you're going to get, I I think, think, a little more out of it. Finding... Than just uh, combat. Yes. Well, combat is super fun. And killing things is always great. Or almost dying is kind of nerve-wracking. It gives you an adrenaline rush. It does. Um... I think that's one other really important component that people don't realize is that finding a good DM is hard and finding a good DM is important. 
Um, so if you if you are one of those people who got into D and D, found a group, had a DM, and like your DM, and you just didn't jive for whatever reason, either um, you they were more story and you wanted more action, or they were purely action and you wanted more story. Like just know that that might just be that one person. Um, yeah, and I've had five different DMs, and I've only had yeah. one bad DM, and. I mean, that's pretty good. So what makes good, what makes a, D- a good DM or a bad DM for you? Um, a good DM is prepared. You're not stopping constantly for, and checking rules or trying to read ahead in that session. You should they should come prepared for what they think is going to happen that day and be flexible if it doesn't go that way. Um, and be being fair to the players is also something that I like. Someone that's not... Giving a little advantage sometimes, yeah. but not always. Someone that's not, like, straight down on the rules all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I Have you ever DM'd a game? I have not. Um, so I, I DM. Um, we've talked about that a couple times on the show. And it's work. Um, and I it think, is. I think that when when you're critiquing a DM, it's, it's always hard, especially if you know how much work it is. Because you understand, like, some t- like you can put, you can literally put a day's worth of work just for one session. That may not even be eight hours long. It might just be, like, a three or four hour session, but you can put in ten or twelve hours of prep time into it. Um, depending on how you're mm-hmm. running your game and what you're doing. Um, so it's always hard to critique them. But I also think that that's what makes the game the game. You know, it's, because they're mm-hmm. basically, if, if you're unfamiliar with Dungeons & Dragons, DM or the dungeon master, or the game master, or whatever you like to call them, um, kind of runs the story. We jokingly call them God in a lot of our sessions. Uh, <laughs> they kind of run the story. They tell the players what's happening, what what they see and hear. They let them know um, like what they're interacting with. Um, so if you have somebody who's not prepared, and they don't know what that story is, it, it kind of takes you out of that role-playing setting where you can kind of envision everything. Um, and there are many different ways to DM, and there's many different ways to play this game. Yeah. Um, and it's it's important to find a way that works for you. Um, just know that if you find a good group, you found the Holy Grail, and try not to lose them or piss them off. Because <laughs> you can be a bad player, too. Um, yes. I've had, <laughs> as a DM and as a player, people who who want to, to bogart the story, I think, is, like, the biggest thing. Where you have the DM and, and a player like solely interact with each other and they kind of leave the rest of the group out. That's what's really difficult. I think, um, when, it when is. you like, you're trying to go and do something and the one person just takes over the story and they take all the loot and, and the DM tends to favor them. Like that's kind of a toxic relationship to have in a D and D group in a D and D game. You don't want that going on. <laughs> it's too hard. It's too hard. So, um, good places to start yeah. though. If you're looking, um, definitely Reddit, the D and D group there is pretty cool. Uh, look around on Facebook. Go to your local gaming shops. Um, support your local businesses. Um, oh, definitely. They they actually will most likely have uh, tabletop game nights that you can join. And a lot of the people at those um, sessions tend to be super friendly and willing to help you learn how to start your character, build your character, and teach you how to play get you started get you interested answer your questions um and they're gonna be they're gonna be good people to connect with too because i i think that's one of the the beautiful things about D &D is it gives you friends (laughs) i think you get 
I've gotten more friends, not like made new friends, but I've strengthened friendships that I've had because of D and D. Like I've never mm-hmm. really played with strangers. Yeah. Um, just because that's not how I jive. But I mean, I've had more fun playing with my friends in D and D settings, even online D and D settings. Not even sitting down at a table together, which I think is personally my favorite way of playing. Um, yeah, Mine too. getting to sit down in a group for like two or three hours, or like we've done day long sessions. What's the longest that we've ever, that you and I, or, like, you have ever done a session? I think the longest I've gone is, like, five, six hours. I've done, like, ten, twelve-hour sessions. Oh, yeah. No, I've not done that. Which is so much fun. Like, if you can get that, that's so much fun. Um, And when you do, like, our group that we've, that we've both started in, um, everyone brings food, everyone gets together, Mm -hmm. we have music going in the background, we tell jokes, like, we talk yeah. And and it's like having a little a little family. So like there's it's not just playing a game. It's not the same as like playing WoW cuz I used to play WoW. You get together and you play with friends even it's not the same. Even when we play online Roll20, no. it's not the same. It's there's more of a connection, it's, I think. Yeah. And I've actually played um Roll20 with my main group while I was unable to meet them and it's definitely not the same not quite the same but i still think it's better than playing playing a different on like playing a different game like playing an rpg or something or an mmorpg um you there's just more of yeah a bond more of a connection that you grow with those friends um and it gives you some valuable skills like you know we've all seen those memes or i don't know these memes but you and i have seen the memes where they have like a resume that someone's typing up and they're like, uh, team building skills mm-hmm. and leadership and problem solving. But, and they're talking about things that they've learned in D&D and it's kind of a joke, but it's also pretty true. Like you do learn a lot about yeah. how to work with people and how to work with people who maybe disagree with you. Um, so I think that's an amazing part of that, that game that people don't talk about enough. Yeah, you do can clash with fellow players easily very easily um but i think that the other part is there are so many great like if you're if you're kind of on the fence about whether or not you want to play D or if you love D, but you just don't have a group that you can get into and you're still kind of looking um there are some really great podcasts that you can listen to that kind of give you a oh. feel for the game and Definitely. and get you interested and even if you play like i mean i played and i would listen to these podcasts some of the stories are so Amazing. I think my favorites is the Adventure Zone. Um, oh, with the McElroy brothers. That's actually the only one I've listened to. Oh my so god! Far. So I listened to it um, <clears throat> on my commute. I'm huh. not done. I won't spoil. I'm not done. Um, all I'm gonna say is that show made me cry. Like I was in my car listening yeah. to the driving home from school, which is like an hour drive for me, bawling because oh. the story you get so attached to the characters and and the story so good. The Adventure Zone. Amazing. Uh, Critical Role, very popular. Amazing. With um, Adventure Zone, it's definitely more story-based and story-driven. Yes. They don't stick to the normal D&D rules, and they break some they of them. They adjust to them. Um, it's a homebrew. Yeah. It is. It's a um, homebrew. Critical Role is also a homebrew. They write their own story. So the difference between um, homebrew and then they have official... Wizards of the Coast released, created um, Avengers that you can buy. Um, homebrew sometimes bends those rules that are set by the, the mm-hmm. player's handbook. 
which is created by Wizards of the Coast. Um, thank you, Wizards, for creating this game. Um, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. I think that when you're playing, that you should customize the game as much as possible to your group so that everyone's kind of happy with the way it goes. Yeah. Even with the uh, Wizards uh, storylines, you can change stuff up to and adjust. Yeah. Because I've You don't have that. to go buy the book. No. <laughs> it's way more fun to kind of go off. Because like, sometimes you have something where... Um, like, we had a group where someone was, was flirting with one of the NPCs and... It wasn't really by the book. It was it should not have worked, but it was so fucking funny uh, that we let them get away with it. And that actually ended up creating a new ability that they could roll for in order to win things. You Were, were you part of that group? No, you weren't part of that group. No. Um, so, <clears throat> I mean, and that's completely, it wasn't, he wasn't a, a charisma based character either. He just, just, that's what he wanted to try and do. And it worked so well that we made it part of the game for him. It was hilarious. Um, yeah, and I, I think awesome. doing things like that for your players and, like, kind of bending the rules, like, if there's that, you don't want to go overboard with it. You don't want to, um, you don't want to give in to somebody every time because they have this cool idea. No. But I think it's fair to give them a chance. Let them roll for it, you know? Mm-hmm. What other good part of d can we talk about? I like building new characters. I hate it at first because I have to try and remember how the stats go. Because I never remember for some reason. I've built like, <laughs> oh god, nine, eight or nine characters. I die a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was one storyline that we were, you and I were both in. That yeah. It was super hard. And yeah. we all kept dying. I think one of my characters turned into stone. I had two characters and... die in one day. Yeah. 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 So... By, like, building new characters and trying to figure out backstory, a lot of the backstories I tend to come up with are depressing, because <laughs> I think those make inter- interesting characters. True. I have made one that was had a pretty easy life, and I don't know, it wasn't quite- It's not quite the same. Quite as fun to well, play. Well, you have to have no, some kind of challenge. I mean, like, Harry Potter wouldn't be interesting if his parents were alive and loved him. Um, so character creation. I love creating characters. I love coming up with backstory. I love finding- art to put up for my character and and all the backstory but I never get to do it but then I do get to create a lot of NPCs um but creating an NPC is difficult you have to you know come up with a story for them and then keep track of them and and it can be it can be a lot of work mm-hmm. that's why I haven't DM'd it's, it just seems so overwhelming and I feel like I just give up I think if you if you want to start DMing, I think a great place to start is go try a pre-made adventure. Um, you don't yeah. have to come up with your own storyline. You don't have to create your own PCs. You need to do your homework still. So you should read the retired adventure front to back at least once. Yes. And then every session, try and figure out about how far your characters are going to get, your NPCs to get, either based on the time that you have or you can set it as a limit. Like, I only want to go to here. I don't want to go past this part mm-hmm. of the story. Um, do your homework. Know what happened. Know what they're going to run into. Be prepared. Um, have have different options for if they're going to go off track. Because one thing I guarantee you is you're always going to have one person in your group, no matter how well you prepare, who's going to throw something at you that you were not ready for. And they're going to fuck up everything you've done. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna come in. You're going to have like, oh, all right. 
So in this scenario, they're going to go here, 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 or here. And and these are the only four options that they have. Motherfucker's going to find a fifth option. <laughs> and they're going to fuck everything up. And it's going to be really difficult. <laughs> um, so just kind of try yeah. and think as much as you can. And then just be prepared for when things don't happen the way you want them to. Um, to kind of work with that. You have to learn to go with that flow. Don't get too upset. Don't railroad your car- your your players. I think forcing them into a box is one of the worst things you can do. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. So, um... I feel like with, um, the new stuff that's come out recently with D&D Beyond, I was reading some articles about it, and that, I think that would help me with DMing, because they've got quite some... Quite a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, so D&D Beyond is the official companion app put out by Wizards of the Coast. Um, it lets you do pretty much everything, and it, it kind of automates it for you. Or at least makes it easier for you to get into. So, my favorite part of D&D Beyond as a dungeon master is being able to check on something real quick. So it has the ability to quickly search through all the spells that have been put out in 5th edition, all of the monsters that have been put out in 5th edition. Um, it can help you figure out whether or not an ability check is correct or if someone's do- doing their um, attack the way they're supposed to be doing. It makes everything so much quicker because you mm-hmm. don't have to have it bookmarked in your book and then like flip through the book and it takes a couple minutes. Like It cuts down all that time so, like significantly. Yeah, and um, if you've got, from what I was reading, if I understand it correctly, if you've got, like, a s- bunch of monsters that are too hard for your players, you can knock them down a level automatically, and mm-hmm. it just makes that quicker and easier instead of having to flip through the book and slowly knock everything down in that Now, stats. when I when I've done games, and I've... Because there's a way to calculate. There's, um... There are algorithms you can do online. Um, there are lots of websites that can help you do this too, where you can put in how many players you have, what player level they are, and it helps you figure out what what monsters they, that group should be able to fight and how hard it should be able hard for your characters to beat them. Um, because if you have a group of level one characters, you don't want to have them face like a fucking mind flayer or a dragon. Um, at level one, they're not going to be able to beat it. You're going to wipe your party. No one's going to have any fun. Everyone's going to get mad at you. Um, but you also don't want it to be too easy. You don't want to have a, a group of four people trying to beat one pixie. That's not going to be fun either. They're going to steamroll it. It's not going to be challenging. Mm-hmm. So D&D Beyond and some of these other websites help you figure out what what rating, combat rating, you need. So you can balance it. Um, and when... You know, maybe your group is rolling really well that day. You get a lot of natural 20s. So you're, you're doing a lot of damage. You're causing a lot of, of, of death and destruction, murder hoboness that we love. Um, you can... I've always just kind of tweaked it myself. I've either made things a little harder for them to hit. I've given things a little bit extra health, which isn't always fair, but it does make it more fun. Yeah. Um, because you don't want to god mode everything. It's, it's like any game. If you god mode <clears throat> through it, it's not good it's not fun there's only so much help you can give your characters sometimes or your players sometimes (laughs) shit's gonna happen and they're gonna die a lot right and i've i've tweeted the other way too like if if they're just rolling really poorly and i don't i don't want to wipe them like i mean there's there is some dms out there who take pride in wiping their groups um i'm not one of them if if i'm naturally wiping you out and I give you a little help and you're still you're still dying, like, I'm going to let you die. Like, I'm not going to let you breeze through everything. 
But I mean, if you're just rolling poorly. A lot of um, problems that you run into, I think, as players is you're not talking with your group. Mm -hmm. You're just going and doing things. That's what um, one of my groups has run into a lot is we don't talk to each other. So we're just doing stuff and not really accomplishing much. Or we're accomplishing stuff. We're just doing it separately and nobody's talking to each other. So we've almost died a few times. Yeah. And we get penalized for that. And our DM will penalize us for not talking to each other. And Which is I good. Think that's, yes. And that has helped quite a bit with um, getting us to accomplish things faster and easier. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's important too, is like with any kind of team building thing, any kind of group you're in, you have to know what the limitations and the strengths are of your group. If you have someone in your group who's super charismatic, um, but they're, or like their character is, but they're not playing it that way, that's hard for the group. Um, so it's always important too, to kind of play a character and, and know what that means. So if, if you're supposed to be a really charismatic bard, um, but you're not contributing to your group that way, like maybe you need to be playing something else. Maybe you, maybe really you should be playing a barbarian and you should just be smashing things with a hammer. Um, but you know, you ha- you have to work together. You have to get through things together and talk with them and and know what your your other players are capable of doing. Because if you are the only healer and you think that you know, like if I'm a healer and I think Rosie has a healing ability and she doesn't and I don't heal her and she dies, like that's me letting my group down. So, you know, know what your limitations are and what your strengths are, what your group's limitations and strengths are, and play those together. It's good times. Yeah. (laughs) Also, be willing to jump into a character that you're maybe not comfortable with. Like, I'm a pretty shy, quiet person, so I tend to make my characters that way. But it's also fun to make your character the opposite of you. It also gets you thinking, how would this character solve this problem? not how would I solve this problem. And, and it's always that, important. That was hard for me to switch my thinking in the beginning of playing, is I was doing things how I would do them, not how my character would do them. Yeah. So I was not I was not a very good player at first. <laughs> and it's also important to remember that just because someone's doing something in the game or their character's doing something in the game, it's not because they have a personal grudge against you. If if yeah. I if I'm playing like a an a, a lawful evil character and my lawful evil character would stab you in the back that's not because we're not friends and I don't love you and I and I'm trying to be a dick like that's mm-hmm. just what my character would do and it's really hard for some people to separate what's in game and what's out of game um I also like going back to being a dm you should never ever as a dm punish your char- your players in game for out of game behavior no. If you're, I mean, short of you being an asshole to everybody at the table or everybody in the chat, like, but then you need to sit down with them and talk with them. But you shouldn't, like, if, if Rosie was late to a session, I'm not going to to penalize her roles for that or something. Or, or like, have her step in a trap and and, and not be able to participate in something. Never going to- It's gonna, just fucking petty as shit. It's petty, Nobody's going to like you. It's, it's, it's shitty. You just shouldn't do that. Uh, you should- you have to know the difference. And and the same thing for players. You shouldn't you should never feel like if you feel like your your DM is punishing you for out of game stuff, don't be afraid to confront them. If you're not comfortable confronting them, maybe you need to find like some fucking better friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely important to know or to be able to get along and work well with your 
whole group. Yeah. Because if you don't have a good group, that's definitely gonna affect if you want to keep playing. 100%. (laughs) The one bad group I've had, just, I had to keep telling myself, it's it's just this group, it's just this group, it's just, it's... It's not every time. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be every group. It's going to get better, I promise. Yes. <clears throat> um, let's see. What else do we have? We love D&D. D&D is so much fun. Um, <laughs> we've talked about doing a D&D charity stream with Geekscape Games. So seeing if we can get some of the Geekscape crew to get together um, and and do a, a run of a, of a one-shot yeah. for charity and raise some yeah, money. A mini. A mini campaign. Um, we, we do still have our Geeks and Dungeons podcast on the back burner. Uh, school started again. I know I had all summer to write and I've let you all down and I'm so sorry. (laughs) How dare you? Such a terrible person. Um, but, you know, if you guys are interested in that, let us know. Uh, we have our Facebook group, um, facebook.com slash groups slash Geekscape Games. Uh, it's where we put all our information for any of our podcasts that we have coming up. Um, if we're going to be doing any charity streams, we'll put that up there as well. Um, giveaways. Uh, follow- so that's probably the best place to find us and, and to get updated information. Um, Rosie, you have a project. A podcast project. I do have a podcast project. It's with you. Oh my god, no way! <laughs> yes way! So we're doing a uh podcast called courtney and rosie basic as fuck no way because we're not we're we're (laughs) um so we're just it's basically just us chatting and talking about funny stories that we've had or yeah funny stories uh we talk about uh drunk stories vomit stories we talk about D D. we talk about shitty dating things we talk about world peace so if you're interested in that, that should be coming totally. out um, at the beginning of October, not too far away. Um, and I will make sure that if you're interested, that we get you that information. We'll post it on the Geekscape Games podcast page. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, Rosie? Any closing remarks? Uh, I don't think cool. so. <laughs> All right. Uh, where can we find you on social media and whatnot, Rosie? <clears throat> I'm on Twitter at Rosie McCarr. Um, I think... Yep, Instagram is also at Rosie McCarr. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, passively aggressively tweeting shit at 3 a.m. as at AK Geeky Girl. <laughs> and everywhere else I'm at Geeky Girl AK. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. Hit me up on Blizzard. I have not been playing Overwatch lately. It's been so painful. Um, Steam. Um, and yeah. So uh, check us out next week, everybody. We will be. Hopefully doing our giveaway then. Uh, hopefully our, our everything will be together. We have some special stuff in the works, so hopefully that will get things going, get the ball rolling. Um, yeah. So that's it for this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye! Bye! Fantasy Costco, where all your dreams come true. Got a deal for you!